Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Forgotten Gems. Today, we're going to be looking at a game from my childhood that I cherish a lot, 2007's Overlord. Now, Overlord was, I believe, 360 exclusive, at least the first one was. It released 2007, June 26th, and then a little bit later elsewhere. Uh, one sequel, Overlord 2, and five spinoffs, which is pretty nutty. Overlord is an extremely odd and kind of unique game style, but it really grabbed me as a child, and I still remember it a lot today. The history of the series is pretty odd because it's kind of universally console. So there's games for the DS, there's games for the Xbox. I think there is some games for the PS PlayStation. If not, I could be wrong. Anywhere and then PC later on. It's a very strange game because it's very dark humor inspired with a very clear splash of like Pikmin or Monty Python riddled throughout. So the developers were Triumph Studios, which you may know them because they made pretty much every single Age of Wonder game. And the publishers were Codemasters. Nothing too special there other than like a Lord of the Rings online game. They don't really have anything under their belt, in my opinion. The game is roughly like 27 hours long if you stretch it and do everything you can. The game starts out very easy and then is very challenging, I remember as a kid. The AI in the game is extremely janky, to say the least. Some bosses just will not hold your hand, and if you do not treat them with any kind of respect, they will just straight up kill you. I said it earlier, but the game essentially just plays like a Pikmin, but in just like a completely different setting. So here's kind of like how the, the game works. The, the plot is fairly simple. You're the next overlord, kind of what seems to be like a risen or a resurrected corpse of some kind. It's not really explicitly known and it doesn't really matter to the story who you specifically are. You're just the next overlord. What that entails, I don't think is told in games or in the lore, at least not that I can think of. The last Overlord was overthrown quite a while ago. Another reason as to I'm not sure why you're risen now all of a sudden, but it's been 10 years since the last Overlord's reign had come to an end. But now it's your turn to topple the Heroes of Legend to take back your dominion. But you're not going to do it alone because you can't really do anything without your handy dandy minions. And the minions will be your bread and butter throughout the game. They do everything for you and they will use anything they can get their hands off to finding a pumpkin for a hat or a fish for a club you know they will raid and pillage and use whatever possibly they can for their advantage and it's really endearing to just have an army of your dudes just wearing just street trash as armor it's pretty funny you're not useless though you can attack but every fight you will be outmatched if you fight alone but you do have a sword a mace i think an axe each have different stats and speeds and stuff and you have spells same thing depending on how you really want to play as your character but for the most part your minions who are very expendable in the game will do most of the heavy hitting as the game goes on you get various upgrades and add-ons uh, new types of minions will all be dictated which the strength will be dictated if you want to be like evil or like super evil you're never really like a tyrant tyrant because all of the good guys are shockingly actually super fucking assholes and you may be the true hero because you defeat the assholes <laughs> It's that kind of story where it's just like, it tries not to be black and white, but in turn, it's actually very cheekily black and white. 
an example of like the the good guys being bad, for example, I'll go with the first boss because it's very clearly like the most memorable. So the first boss, his name's Melvin, I believe. And he was supposed to be like the underdog hobbit of like the first group of legendary heroes, which was supposed to be like based off of like fantasy tropes. So like Melvin was supposed to be like the underdog, like the, the small fry that no one really paid attention to. I believe he was supposed to be like a halfling. Like that was his whole thing because it's a whole civil war in the modern day, blah, blah, blah. When you fight Melvin, he's like a fucking like ball of fat. And it's like, Melvin ain't so small anymore. And it's like, oh, he just ate fucking everything, including people. So it's just like, oh my God, are these really the heroes? And it's really hard to say sometimes. There's like another boss who like suffers from like manic episodes or like PTSDs. And he goes into the massive fucking like rage fits and stuff like that. But, you know, depending on what you do, the folk may deem you as like the necessary evil and (laughs) they may praise you or you're the overlord. So everything dies so long as the game allows it. Another aspect of the game that makes many attempts, it's tries to be very humorous, either in good or lesser than good faith. For example, like you get like complimented quote unquote by like a jester that follows you on in your home base who like compliments you by insulting you like the nastiest one or the purger of babies like shit like that and it's just like okay I get what they're doing it's really tongue in cheek in the game you can actually kick the shit out of your jester who's kind of like your testing dummy which I think is really fun spin on it it's not just like a, a wooden mannequin or just some generic hit me guy it's actually someone you want to hit every time and I think that is pretty funny although his voice is kind of grating it's also a really fun way to like be reminded of the decisions you've made because it's a faith karmic system game. So there's going to be one path or another. And it's also a really like tongue in cheek way to remind you. So you put the game down for a week and you come back. It refreshes you like what you did. Oh, I'm going for the evil build. So I got the evil. Thank you. Annoying jester that I want to kill, but you're immortal somehow. <laughs> Another aspect of the karma system that I very clearly remember is like you can get like a wife, which was a very odd part of the game. You had an option between picking someone out of like two sisters. And it's just like, okay, one is clearly like the bell from Beauty of the Beast, where it's like, oh, education's important and love and harmony. And if you pick me, these are the buffs you get. And then if you pick like the sassier, more like accepting of like evil lady, you get like, here are my benefits. And it's just like okay it's pretty statistical if depending on like how you want to play with the play styles you want with the kind of minions they just give like somehow buffs to and it's crazy and like they have like the classic god of war-esque scenario where it's like you can press x to sex minigame and it's just like i remember that being very strange i don't remember it actually having like any sort of like significance on the story other than like you choose your betrothed and it's just like okay here are the buffs you get cool goodbye so another thing too that I just remembered is like how you upgrade your gear is like the funniest shit because you just sacrifice your minions and the more minions you sacrifice the bigger the upgrades you can just have like a fountain of your own minions just like waterfall into like this giant like blacksmith lava furnace and it just oh your axe is sharper now and I'm like okay that doesn't make sense first of all but second of all that's really funny the game is very clever in some instances of its dark humor and some other cases it kind of falls short in case of like the sex scene and it's just like okay this doesn't really for what i think to be like the target audience of like preteens i'm like i get why it's there but it kind of just kind of falls flat on its ass a bit as for the minions themselves they can't really be interacted with per se but that doesn't stop them from just talking whenever they want and in my opinion it's honestly some of the best enjoyment out of the game because either it's them screaming more ham while killing a sheep or collecting gold and calling them duckies it's just fairly like small background audio that otherwise you wouldn't really pay attention to like 
wind rustling or like crickets in the night. But it's really funny because sometimes you'll just hear something that just you didn't expect and it, it makes you laugh out loud and it's pretty crazy. Really emphasizes you wanting to focus on the audio a bit more just because they say just crazy shit and they're really fucking funny and it's crazy how like in depth that it can be because they have a lot of lines that they repeat, sure, but they also have very specific lines for very specific biomes, environments and situations and it's shockingly in depth. I can't imagine the like pure audio files from them. They must be insane. But going back down to why this game, I think, was forgotten, and it's honestly, it's hard to say because there's a lot in the series. It has a lot going for it to why it shouldn't be forgotten. It has, from what I remember, a decent sequel. It didn't break the bank, but it also didn't cripple the studio either. Also, the like the various like side content, like you have like Overlord Minions for the DS, and I remember that was pretty popular, at least where I grew up. A bunch of other games like that. Granted, they're all spinoffs, and I think the game really would benefit from like another sequel. But like the last game that came out was in 2015, and it just ended there. Now, I will say, I have always and I still will hold out hope that eventually it'll get like it's like Omega remake remaster, kind of like how like Medieval got not too long ago, like a year, year and a half ago, pretty much. The game would fucking excel on like brand new hardware and generations. I could be wrong, but I'd very be happy if that were the case. But it's forgotten. Why? Hard to say. Some could say that it was like really just a one note. It was just like, I'm evil and evil is good. And like, that's like the recurring joke. And granted, that is a lot of the series where it's just like, it's either slapstick or it's either like, oh, this evil thing that I did wasn't so evil. Oh, shucks. Womp womp. What are you going to do? That kind of just ran too long, considering that's the recurring joke that the entire series had. Now, they just just say that it was just very forgettable to begin with. It's just like gritty Pikmin. That's pretty much how I've seen it being referred to as, and that genre in itself is extremely niche, and it's very small. The recent installment of the new Pikmin may have you think otherwise, but before Pikmin 4 came out, Pikmin was extremely niche, and other than like Smash fans, people barely even knew what Pikmin was to begin with. Now, granted, I'm the caveat because I played Overlord growing up and I absolutely loved it. So to me, it will never be like forgotten, but that's because I played it at such an influential time. I didn't, not resonating with it, but like it really got me into like the bad guy motif. It's like the cliche of like liking the bad guy is like the cool and fun thing to do. But this is a game where you get to play the bad guy and you get to be the bad guy. But you could be like a nice bad guy, like a really nice bad guy. Or it could be like a super evil. The dynamic, of course, it's not new. It's been done to death like a thousand fucking times. But, you know, as a game that relatively has a fairly like captivating gameplay style, I think I played it at like the golden moment, right? But, like if I played it now, I think it would be like, okay, this is cute. I'll, I'll probably play it, but nothing too crazy. But as a kid, I'm like, this shit's fucking awesome. What the hell? It's like burned into like my memory forever. It was a very fresh game, but ultimately for a younger audience. Not like children, but like kind of like the edgy preteens that were yearning for evil and chaos because it's so much more deeper, man. Which again, which would just drive away children because adults and it wouldn't be for adults because it would be too edgy. It got enough traction so that it made a sequel, but that sequel also ultimately was forgotten considering they never made another one and that it was kind of like mid, I remember. Like I remember being super excited for it, but I never got around to playing it. But I remember almost like nothing about it and it's so bizarre considering it also had like so many spinoffs and every single one of them was just like the same where it was just like okay cool kind of forgotten 
So ultimately, I guess that if I had to say something, it was just ultimately always going to be forgotten. It's just one of those games where like for the mass collective, it was just a solid meh. Even when found, the game was always missing. The game will always really have like a very soft spot in my heart and I'll always remember it and I'll always go back to playing it whenever I can. But ultimately, it's just one of those games that you just got to kind of come to terms with and be like, yeah, it's forgotten. But despite all that, despite all of its flaws, I love it. I'm Dauntless Dark. Have a fucking day. But first, wait, don't go yet. Don't go yet. I now have an official Forgotten Gems Discord server and subreddit. So if you really want to just have a conversation with me, you can come on over there. I'll be there fairly often. Or if you want to put in a suggestion into like the big long list that I have of games that I think that kind of were forgotten by the wayside for one reason or another, feel free to send your request in and I'll be sure to add it if I believe it's fitting. Okay. Thank you very much for watching. I hope you all have a fucking day. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, proudly presented by the APNM Group, a subsidiary of Alger Productions, LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comments section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Alger Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired.